No, this is a, this is a bit of a tricky topic in, in many ways. Um, and we ask, Lord, that you'd help us. Help us to be loving and sensitive to each other. Uh, and Lord, as we hear your word, help us respond um, with thankfulness to your grace and mercy. And Lord God, um, respond to trust that your ways are always the best ways. In Jesus' name, amen. So look, I remember the first time I saw pictures of a naked lady. Um, I was about 10, I think, about 10. One of my mates, Simon, um, and I'm using real names here just because it makes it more fun for me. Um, Simon uh, had discovered that under his dad's bed was a stash of Playboy magazines um, that were so many in number that they had to be stacked neatly in, in sort of piles, multiple batches. So Simon nicked a few. And he, just, he, uh, he and, and, and I and Jason and Nick and Ed and Matt, we all went down to the bush to have, well, to, have, to investigate. Um, I, remember being, I, I remember being a little bit embarrassed, actually, as I f- we all flicked through these pages. And then we all wondered to each other if the ladies were cold because they were wearing no clothes. <laughs> Sometime later, um, and Simon got caught, by the way, as it turns out, his dad actually had all his Playboys um, uh, carefully catalogued. Anyway, um, so sometime later, I think about a year and a, a, year and a bit later, uh, we were down in the bush again. I lived on the edge of the Kringo Chase National Park in um, sort of northern suburbs of Sydney and uh, right on the, the bush there. And so we often went down to the bush to muck around the creek and all that sort of thing, ride bikes. Um, and... We found again some penthouses, so obviously it was the thing to do down in the bush, the Kungo Chase National Park. But this time around, I wasn't so concerned about how cold the women were. Uh, I just, I just thought the women were beautiful, you know, and I thought it was all pretty. I didn't think much more of it, and I just thought it was all pretty harmless. Which is the view that most people have when it comes to pornography? It's all pretty harmless. Uh, An attitude summed up by a friend of mine who wrote, it's really just harmless pictures of beautiful women who don't feel the cold. (laughs) Before the uh, mid-1990s, if you were curious about porn, you had to take the initiative and look for it. It was relatively hard to find. But with the introduction of the internet and then later smartphones, the whole situation has been turned on its head. You no longer have to look for porn... Uh, or hope that your friend's dad has a stash of it under his bed, um, the multi-billion dollar porn industry takes the initiative and looks for you. In two decades, porn went from hard to find to impossible to avoid. In recent research uh, conducted at the University of Sydney uh, investigating the the porn viewing habits of average Australians, it found that 70% of Australian men and 30% of Australian women regularly uh, viewed porn. And nearly half of them have a daily habit of consuming it between 30 minutes and uh, three hours per day. According to another study, uh, 97% of girls and 100% of boys have seen, had seen porn by the time they turned 15. Uh, the same study found that teenagers were getting most of their information about sex uh, from internet porn rather than from their parents. And figures suggest that up to a thousand new porn sites are created every day. Now, that figure is seven years old. I couldn't find any more up to date. 
Seven years ago, that figure was up to date. So imagine what it's like now. Pornography and the problems associated with it are no longer just about little boys sneaking down to the bush to look at nudie pictures. Uh, the, the porn industry is a rapidly growing phenomenon. And here's the heart of the problem, I think. The heart of the problem is it's not just that it's so prevalent in society, it's also so accessible. So you can get your smartphone out and within seconds you can look at hard porn, uh, hard, hardcore pornography. What's more, porn is becoming more and more graphic and violent and as, we're, as a society, we're becoming desensitised to it. So today we find pictures in mainstream men's and women's magazines, uh, news sites, news.com, for example, that uh, would have, these pictures that would have been seen as risque and scandalous of magazines of yesterday, uh, what we might call soft porn movies, such as Fifty Shades of Grey, uh, a film which includes abuse and domestic violence, that's what it is, uh, we find those films are celebrated, accepted and, um, and, uh, and so on. And if you think Christians are immune, well, think again. Studies tell us that the prevalence of porn in our culture has affected followers of Jesus just as much as everyone else. So today, we're going to grapple with this la the last of our addicted to topics, we're going to be considering um, lust and pornography together because Blind Freddy can tell you the two go together, don't they? Um, in fact, you can have lust without pornography, that's true, but you can't have pornography without lust. You're kidding yourself if you think you can. It's not easy to define pornography. Uh, I do like what one American Supreme Court judge said some time ago. We know it when we see it. Pornography. <laughs> that's probably true, I think. Lust, though, I think we can be, we can be defined as um, a strong sexual desire for someone or something that is not yours to have, often fueled by the eyes. So the Apostle Paul defines lust in this way. Uh, note that lust comes from the world, not from God. So uh, 1 John 2, verse 16, For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of his eyes, of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. Now, this doesn't mean, when we're thinking about lust, it doesn't mean that another person, it's wrong to notice another person is physically attractive. However, as one commentator said, I like this, noticing someone is attractive at first glance is not lust, but a lingering look is starting to get closer and undressing the person in your mind is all the way there. But it's not a problem, in fact it's quite healthy for a husband or wife to have a strong sexual desire for their spouse. But a sexual desire for someone who they are not married to, well that's a big problem. And so Jesus says in Matthew 5, um, 27, you've heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So in the end when it comes to definitions, uh, the whole point of pornography is lust. And so in our time today we're going to really... We're going to discuss the, the both of them together. They go hand in hand. Now, one approach in dealing with pornography is uh, just to condemn it outright. It's the stop it. Stop. Uh, Job, for example, made a covenant with his eyes not to look lustfully at a woman. Uh, Jesus takes the more surgical approach in Matthew 5, verse 29. 
Uh, if your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Radical action is the emphasis here. Uh, I, not actually getting a scalpel out with a little bit of local anaesthetic and going to town on your eye. Um, it's not, I don't think, what Jesus is saying. Now, relevant, I think a good example of this, of what Jesus is talking about, is simply to get rid of your smartphone. Uh, go back to an older model. Nokia still make classic little phones that don't use, um, that use, I think they have to use 4G and stuff, but they're not a smartphone. Uh, so that's, that's, I guess you call the stop it approach. Uh, and if it's good enough for Jesus and if it's good enough for Job, it's a good approach. Uh, it's good enough for us. However, just saying stop it with some people just won't work. It, it, it gets their back up and they might even want to do it more and more. So as, we're, as well as condemning lust and aiming for purity, it would be wise for us to consider the damage pornography does to the person looking at it and for the people who are in it. And that's what we're going to do now for the next few minutes. Um, because, of course, the truth is it's not just harmless pictures of beautiful people who don't feel the cold. So here's the first, uh, how, our first point. Porn harms the people who look at it. Porn objectifies women and men. Uh, young men in particular learn quickly that from porn, uh, women are little more than physical objects existing purely for viewing and doing pleasure. A woman becomes the sum of her parts rather than someone made in the image of God. And it results in men learning to think of women as pieces of meat. Uh, for their own sexual fantasy and pleasure. Porn is not reality. It's not reality. It's acting. It distorts reality, leading to a distorted relationships and expectations in those relationships. It steals away intimacy in those relationships. And at the extreme end, evidence shows that prolonged exposure to pornography can lead otherwise normal men to become violent and, and or sexual predators. Uh, porn messes with masculinity. I'll talk about um, women in a moment. But porn messes with masculinity. Instead of men being a provider and protector of the women in his life, he quickly learns that being a man means taking um, what you want from women with no care for them and no responsibility towards them. And for women, male partners' pornography use can reduce intimacy and feed self-objectification and body shame and involve coercion into sexual acts. Uh, porn sexuality is then defined as a quick release into a picture on a screen. But the naked woman on the screen only loves him until he's had his sexual release and then she mocks him, scorns him and despises him. The excitement which dresses itself up as romance and intimacy is smashed by the shame he feels towards himself and the stain on his own soul. Friends, pornography is a poor substitute of what God has given us when it comes to sex, uh, which, the Bible is which in the Bible is described as a deeply spiritual and physical union between a man and a woman who have committed themselves to one another for life. Uh, the best sex is sex designed for us by the one who made it. I want to pause for a moment. Uh, go off my notes, always a little bit dangerous, but here we go. Um, not quite. I did say this at 8am as well. 
at, at this point, you might be thinking, well, this is all very interesting and it doesn't really, doesn't really affect me. Um, maybe um, I, I'm uh, whatever stage of life I am in, um, it doesn't really affect me, I've got no problem with it. Well, you might be that one person who gets asked about it. Uh, you might be the granddad or grandma who, who a teenager or your grandchild confides in. Um, you might be that one person who, who uh, needs to have that conversation. So I'd encourage you to keep listening. Um, and I suppose I, I did struck me a bit during the week about grandparents too. Um, grandparents sometimes are often the ones who get that conversation, which is a little bit more difficult, um, funny enough, and they avoid the parents. And may, I don't know why it is, sometimes it happens that time. Those things. So, grandparents be really, and, and parents as well. One of the best things we can do is just show a, show a loving Christian marriage. Um, that's one of the best things we can do. A healthy marriage, and then listen to your grandchildren, and love them. And you may well be the person they confide in. Okay, so so porn harms the the, the people who look at it, but we also see that porn harms the people who are in it. We're told this lie that pornography empowers the actors. But the overwhelming evidence is not not the case at all. Um, It points to something very different. The porn industry is rife with sexual assault, sexual slavery, pedophilia, drug use, prostitution, physical trauma. The list goes on. Many of the actors are are lured into the industry by deception and, and false pretense. They are not free to choose what they will do or what they will not do. Uh, this statistic I, I read during the week found that um, it was that 88% of the scenes of the most popular porn includes physical ar- aggression. 88% of the most popular porn sites or scenes includes physical ad- aggression. So, th- 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 sure, there might be some who enjoy it, but in reality there are few and far between. Uh, most are scarred and the majority of them know it. I want to quote from a, um, a paragraph from a, an article I, uh, I found online during the week. I'm going to give you a whole bunch of resources to look at later on. Uh, but it's quite long. But the, the article states, when we, when we use pornography, the last thing we're thinking about is what the future holds for people on, the, on screen. Uh, so ex-porn star, a uh, girl called Brittany, told us a lot of people who make bad decisions don't do it on camera. Pornography is made for the world to see forever. Brittany has left the industry behind and is now married to a pastor at her church, but the contracts she signed and when she was younger give porn companies the legal right to profit from her images and videos indefinitely. Another porn star uh, mourns the fact that she has children, when she has children someday, they'll be able to search her name online and find her former life. Porn affects the dignity and humanity of others by transferring transforming them from a fully dimensional person to someone we just consume for our own pleasure. So porn is not harmless. Not harmless. Uh, It harms the people who look at it and it harms the people who are in it. So what's the way ahead? Well, over the last few um, weeks, we've been talking about practical wisdom. And I'm hoping that the stuff we've been talking about has been practical and helpful. I'm hoping we can do that now. So the way ahead, uh, some practical wisdom. First, doing nothing is not the answer. That's not the answer. Surely today has already shown that that cannot be the way forward. We can't do nothing, nothing and just sweep it under the carpet. Now, the first part of the answer, though, is to remind yourself 
often who you are in Christ Jesus. That's the first part of the answer. Remind yourself of who you are in Christ Jesus. Remember those words from 1 Corinthians 6 we read earlier. And after listing um, lifestyles which exclude people from the kingdom of God, the apostle writes, and that is what some of you were. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Now Corinth, Corinth, if you read a bit about the history of, the, of Corinth, Corinth was a, a, uh, a wild place of pornography. Uh, that's where we, the word pornea comes from. It was often used in the context of the city of Corinth. All these different nationalities coming together. Crazy place. Uh, and um, if you did a bit of, bit of study, um, not something to show the kids, let me assure you, uh, it's, it's incredible, full of sexual weird stuff. This is what they were. This is what they were. But you are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. So Paul says, then, then essentially remind yourself of who you are in Christ Jesus. That's the first thing to do. Um, and as we've spoken about previously in this, in this series, in the context of addiction, real and lasting change must come from the inside, who we are, out. Remember, if it comes from the outside in, well, that's just religion. It doesn't work. All the strategies in the world you can throw, but what works is coming from the inside out. God changes our hearts washed, sanctified, justified. So start with the knowledge that God has made you, that Jesus loves you and that you are neither helpless or a fool. Jesus has rescued you from sin, washed, sanctified, justified and God has, made you, God has given you everything you need for life and godliness. So if you have to, practical little bit of wisdom, make the screen background on your phone those words so you don't forget. So every time you need to remember when you get your phone out or on your computer screen, your laptop, you see, and that is what some of you were. Washed, sanctified, justified. Wouldn't that be a good way to start to open your computer up or your phone up? And remember our three ways to break addiction. We talked about this uh, last few weeks. Practice repentance, hold on to grace and commit to church. Um, that means committing to each other and we'll get back to that in a few moments' time. Uh, so we, next we need to take decisive action. Porn very easily going, goes from taking a quick look to addiction. It's very addictive. It works in your brain in that way. Uh, I love these words from well-known Christian psychologist Archibald Hart. He's a doctor. Um, he says this, It is important to remind yourself that you have a choice when it comes to behaviour. You can break the habit gradually or go cold turkey or stop it all at once. I think cold turkey is the best for this addiction. Gradual never works because it keeps the exposure going. We'll come back to that in a moment, but I do like those words about the decisive action. Make a decision, take the step. So in terms of the way ahead, where to? Well, it seems pretty obvious that we need to, and we need to say it, that when it comes to pornography, get rid of it. Um, so if it's stored anywhere digitally, then erase it. Any pictures, videos, bookmarks on Google sites uh, that may be hidden on your computer, get rid of them, delete them. Get rid of any future opportunities to view pornography. Uh, change smartphones to old-style Nokia phones. Uh, don't take your phone with you to bed. There's lots of good reasons for that, by the way, and it helps with your sleep as well. Anyway, that's another sermon. Well, good advice. Um, have computers in the house in public places where everyone can see them, so that's really important. 
Uh, even if you've got young kids, that's, that's important as well, just start that habit. Uh, I read somewhere that people are often tempted by pornography when they are tired and bored. So get busy with your life. Get stuff done. It's good. Um, statistics often show that porn sites have more hits late at night when we should be sleeping. Uh, so one psychologist stated that one of the best ways to overcome an addiction to pornography is to go to bed early, go to sleep early, actually. Uh, wouldn't that be nice? Ooh. Um, lots of advantages to that. Website or smartphone accountability software uh, can help immensely. So remember we talked about wisdom, turning your ear to wisdom from Proverbs 2. So part of wisdom is, is not only um, storing up God's commands, so reading the, reading the Bible, but um, uh, turning your ears to wisdom is, is having a good friend, um, good advice from someone else. Now, this accountability software is excellent because it teams you up with a good friend who you can get good advice from and will keep you accountable uh, and give you the advice you need. And that's why church is so important. Church relationships, Christian relationships are so important. It's the heart of our discipleship. When we lose uh, connection with church, sin grows. Uh, we're more, more vulnerable to the devil's attacks. And we lose that, what I like to call, incidental discipleship. It's that little conversation after the service, a little word of encouragement you get from someone or that you give someone. Just, you know, incidental, just in conversation. Uh, so you lose that when we're not committed to church and we're not growing those relationships. So back to accounting, um, uh, accountability software. I almost said accounting software. That's a completely different thing and might help you in some occasions. Um, anyway, I'll give you a couple of examples. Uh, and if you'd like to a few more examples, there's a good website that I've... I've uh, actually, I haven't put, it, haven't put it... Oh, no, there it is there. So the, the article that gives a really good a, a comparison of accountability software is from Communicate Jesus. Communicate Jesus is an excellent... Um, Website, uh, it not only has great videos and that sort of thing as well, but lots of great articles on how technology can help us in the Christian life. Um, accountable to you, I'm going to use the laser, how fun is that? Accountable to you is a really good uh, accountability software. Again, you team up with someone that you trust and um, uh, is a friend, someone you can talk to. And then Covenant Eyes is the other one. So two excellent accountability software uh, programs that will, will, will help and then maybe you could recommend to someone or, um, or maybe even uh, might be helpful for you today. Again finally in practical wisdom uh, getting professional counselling from a reputable Christian counsellor for many is what actually proved effective in breaking this type of addiction. All right let, let's, let's finish um, our time together. Uh, I want to finish with those words from Arch Hart. Uh, which I read to you a few moments ago, I, I loved what he said about a choice when it comes to our behaviour. And it's not just a, a pornography, is it? We have a choice with our behaviour, which means we don't have to be a helpless victim to pornography. I guess the reason why I like it is because that's what God says as well. The Bible tells us that God's, by God's grace, we can put to death our sin and be alive to Christ. We're not helpless victims who have no option but to give in. Uh, let me quote a friend of mine who's written a great little book on, on this topic. But surely Jesus did not die so we could be caught in a never-ending trap of lust. 
Surely when he triumphed over evil on the cross, that included the evil of pornography. Surely the Holy Spirit can enable us to steer ourselves away from this temptation. Surely the grace of God can teach us to say no to this particular ungodliness. Surely God is refining our hearts so that his sons and daughters can be the very glory of God as they they are described in the New Testament rather than puppets who themselves prop up an industry that brings so much harm to others and to themselves. Friends, if you're feeling guilt and shame over pornographic lust, uh, remember Romans 8 verse 1, therefore there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Uh, Keep meditating on the cross, bring your guilt and shame to the cross and deal with it there at the place God has provided and hold on to grace. I'm not sure if there's a worse outcome than living in guilt and shame, but perhaps there is if you continue to live like an addict or a victim. The grace of God has appeared in Jesus, 1 Timothy says, and it's brought us salvation and it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and yes to Jesus. Like many of us at points in our own journey, you may need help in saying no to ungodliness, but you are no helpless victim. How about I pray? And uh, then we'll have some time. If you've got a time for a, got a, got a question or a comment, um, I know you may feel that's the last thing you ever want to do right now. I understand that. But you might be doing someone else a favour too. Anyway, no pressure, of course. Let's pray. Father, we, um, we thank you for this time together. It is pretty intense. Um, and, and it's a real uh, challenge. And for many people, it's, a, it's an addiction. Lord, we pray that you'd rescue us. Uh, pray, we pray, Lord, that you would um, uh, heal us and help us to, to meditate on the cross, hold on to grace, practice repentance, and, 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 and Lord, as we commit to each other, um, we would encourage one another and be real with each other too about the temptations that we face as, um, as men and women following you. Lord, thank you for today. Most of all, Lord, we thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die for us, to die for our sin, uh, his blood for us, his body broken for us as we've celebrated already. And um, we thank you for, for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. All right, while you're thinking, if you want to make a comment or a